Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's Sunday morning messages. Our podcast records the Sunday sermon from our pastor, Dr. Don Trest, other church leaders, and special guests. We hope you enjoy it, find it inspirational and enlightening to your understanding of the Bible. Life can be hard, but God has revealed Himself to us through the Word for our salvation and growth as believers. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Isaiah's first vision episode begins in chapter 1, verse 2. And Isaiah begins by saying, Hear, or listen, observe, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. You remember from a previous podcast, speaking from Isaiah chapter 66, that it was made known that the Lord has his eye out for a certain kind of person, certain characteristics that are appealing to the Lord, that he's looking for in people that he would consider his friend, to be humble and contrite. Those are no-brainers, of course. Those are the kind of people that God would, would want to keep company with. But it was a third attribute that we took special note of, and that is where it was revealed that God is seeking those who tremble at his word. And then we made mention that in a one of the vision episodes, Isaiah will mention Abraham and the promises that Abraham made, or the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and reminding his audience that God intends to fulfill those promises. But in in writing that down uh, and using and speaking in the first person as the Lord, you know, the Lord is speaking, that Abraham is called, the Lord refers to Abraham as my friend. And it's in the context that God said things to him. God spoke to Abraham, shared information, made promises to Abraham. And we know from Scripture, uh, the New Testament, that Abraham believed God. Because Abraham believed what God had said, i.e., trembled at his word, that it was reckoned to him for righteousness. God saved Abraham, considered him his friend because of the way that Abraham responded to what the words that God had given him. So, in Isaiah chapter 6, we have the call of Isaiah. This is where, in this vision that Isaiah has of the Lord high and lifted up, uh, that the Lord invites Isaiah, or beseeches him to consider whether he would be willing to be God's spokesperson to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to the people of Judah, to all Israel, and even to all the world. And um, the Lord, Lord said, who will go? I need someone. I need someone who is up to this task of speaking my words to the people who will hear my word and be willing to receive my word. And Isaiah then responded by saying, hear my sin me. And so that commenced the ministry of Isaiah 
as delivering the messages of God to the people of God in the city of Jerusalem, probably in the temple complex itself. And then we come to chapter 1, verse 2, and where Isaiah announces, Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth, for once about to come is what the Lord has spoken. And so it continues this theme that God has told us things. God has been pleased to share certain realities with us. And he wants us to consider these things. He wants us to embrace these things by faith and reckon them to be true and to live our lives accordingly. And so Isaiah then will give a number of vision episodes. And these vision episodes are given primarily in the city of Jerusalem before an audience of Jerusalem citizens, including uh, the king and kings of Judah, but also the religious uh, leadership in the city of Jerusalem, the high priest and his family and the other high-ranking priests and officials that were part of this Jerusalem uh, religious system. They had the temple. This is the temple that was on the temple site at that time was the one that Solomon had built, considered one of the architectural uh, wonders of the ancient world. Its reputation had gone far, and people would come to Jerusalem, and they'd want to see this temple. They'd want to come and put their eyes on it to touch it, because it was a remarkable structure, and one that God had given, had allowed Solomon to build, wherein the religious ceremony prescribed to them under the Mosaic Covenant uh, would be carried out. And so it is the ideal location for Isaiah to deliver these various and sundry vision episodes uh, to the people of Jerusalem. The society that was there, particularly the religious society, was they were into teaching and they were into instruction. And one of the things that they did well, one of the things that they're known for in the ancient world, is their ability to record events and the words that someone has said with diligence and accuracy. These were the most conscientious record keepers uh, in the entire ancient world. They did not tend to exaggerate. They did not tend to be sloppy. Uh, but they were meticulous in getting the details right. It's not unlikely that as Isaiah stood on one of these vision episode occasions, that there were those who were designated or assigned to sit and to record those words that came from the mouth of Isaiah, and they would write these things down. It's not unlikely that there were a group of them, more than one, so that they would be two or three or maybe seven or even more that are writing this down at the same time so that afterwards they could use these transcriptions to be able to write down an authoritative uh, copy of what actually Isaiah said on that day. We don't know that to be the case, but it certainly fits in with what we know about uh, those who wrote down the scriptures in those days and the days before and afterwards. And so what he would speak on those days would be the message, would be the words that God had given him to say 
per his commissioning in Isaiah chapter 6. Opens up, for these are the words that God has spoken. Now, this is Easter Sunday. Uh, You're hearing this message, or it's being broadcast on Easter Sunday in the year 2020. Unusual Easter Sunday. At least it is in the history of Bible Fellowship Church. Normally on Easter, people, uh, the church family and guests, folks from the community, they will attend service on Easter Sunday. It is is one of the, the days of the year that the church is generally uh, filled with people. Easter Sunday, it is the most religious day in the calendar of Christianity. It's the day that our Savior rose from the dead, victorious over sin, having provided redemption and forgiveness through his death and the shedding of his precious blood. And now with his resurrection and with his ascension back into heaven, then we know that the redemption that was promised in the prophecy of the Old Testament was accomplished. So it's a great day. But here at Bible Fellowship Church, I'm the only one here. There's no one else in attendance. I am preaching a sermon to an audience of one, and that one being me. Now, I do anticipate others will hear these words because it's being recorded, and it will be broadcast on Easter Sunday. So, so Isaiah then, when he writes his predominant theme, there are many themes that run through Isaiah, of course. He will broach many topics, but the underlying or undergirding aspect of the vision of Isaiah is his messianic presentation. Isaiah is describing a world that needs a messianic deliverer. And then he tells us about this messianic person who would come to bring deliverance and salvation to the people of God. Interesting enough, Isaiah presents two separate and distinct portraits of this messianic person who would come to bring deliverance and salvation. He presents the Messiah firstly as a mighty monarch as a king coming to conquer his foes and the enemies uh, of God and to bring deliverance to the people of God from those from those uh, Gentile forces that are persecuting and bringing, bringing disrespect and harm to the people of Israel. Uh, he is coming to be the king of kings and lord of lords. That's the messianic figure that's presented in the first part of Isaiah, chapters 1 through 39. Isaiah is usually divided into two major portions, and they are very distinct and uh, separate from one another. Chapters 1 through 39 present the Messiah as coming to bring victory for the people of God over the enemies of God. He is described as one who will come and will reign as king, sitting on a physical throne in the city of Jerusalem, that he will reign over a people that will hold him in adoration and respect, and that these people of Judah and of Israel then would be excited and joyful because they have been delivered through the Messiah. The Messiah has come and delivered them from the judgments and persecutions and problems that they've had in their world. 
There's there's more to that. There's more to this than that, which Isaiah will discuss in chapters 1 through 39, these various vision episodes. And we want to talk about those in later podcast episodes. But the other, the second distinct portrait of the Messiah given by Isaiah in his vision is given to us, is presented in the second part of Isaiah's prophecy, beginning in chapter 40 through chapter 66, mentions a number of them, of this messianic figure who would arrive on the world scene. But in the second part of his book, instead of being presented as a mighty monarch, the Messiah is presented as one who would come as a suffering Savior, one who would save his people from their sins, contrasting uh, distinct and separate presentations of who this messianic figure was to be. The rabbis and teachers of Isaiah's day and in the days that followed, all the way up to the time of Christ, they imagined or speculated on this stark uh, difference between these two messianic presentations of Isaiah. And they concluded, and wrongfully so, but I can understand why they would say this, they, they concluded or speculated that perhaps the Messiah was not one person, but that the Messiah would be two persons. There would be a Messiah who would be the mighty monarch, one coming to bring judgment upon the enemies of God and to conquer and to rule and reign with a rod of iron over the nations. And there, were, and there would be a, another or subsequent Messiah. This Messiah would come as one who is humble and meek and who would give himself in sacrifice for the sins of his people. This one would die so that his people would not have to die. And giving his life a ransom for the sins of the people, he would bring about deliverance or salvation of another kind. So you can understand the tension. Isaiah presents both kind of messiahs. The other prophets do as well. Primarily, however, the prophecies and promises of the prophets of the Old Testament concern themselves with the mighty monarch Messiah. That's the primary teaching. That's the predominant print that's given over to messianic, this messianic figure, would be about his coming to be the reigning uh, king over Israel. So you can understand the perspective that the people had uh, in the days of the first coming of Jesus Christ. They were, they were schooled in the teachings of Isaiah and the other prophets. They understood that the Bible described a Messiah who would come to deliver them and to rescue them uh, from the problems of life and the challenges that they had under the Gentile domination of the Romans and others, because that's what God had said. When Isaiah says, Hear, O heavens, give ear, or for the Lord has spoken, that's what God had spoken. That's the Messiah that was described. Those were the promises that were made, and they were acknowledging those at that time. However, we now know today that there are not two messiahs. There's one messiah 
who will come twice. And in his first coming, he fulfilled those prophecies, those promises. He lived out the portrait that was that was given of him by Isaiah and the other prophets regarding his role as the suffering uh, Savior. We also know today, because Jesus told us and the apostle told us, that Jesus returned to heaven, and he remains there awaiting a day when he will return to planet Earth. He will return to Earth in this role of a mighty monarch messiah, one who would come and bring judgment upon the Christ-rejecting, God-rejecting, denying world that, that is today. So the prophecies of Isaiah are also about his second coming. And you know, even in the communion service, even in the Lord's Supper, when we say we take the bread and we take the cup, in remembrance of him, in remembrance of what he accomplished for us in his first coming, and that he died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was raised again for our justification. But in the communion observance, in the instructions that were given to us by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we are told to do this until he comes. And Jesus, even in the observance of the first communion service, the Lord's Supper on the evening of his denial, the evening before his crucifixion. And as he's sitting there, he says, take, do this in remembrance of me, etc. He goes on to, to initiate, to bring as an ordinance uh, the observance of the Lord's Supper. But he then tells these men, he says, listen to me. He says, I'll not drink this cup again with you until... We do it together in my kingdom. And he's referring to a second coming. He's referring to all those prophecies, all those promises, that broad and decisive description that's given of the Messiah when he comes to bring justice and judgment upon the wrongs and the injustices of the world. We, have, we, we know a Savior today. This Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the promise of his return when he will bring us unto himself where we will be with him forever and ever. The book of Revelation tells us that when Christ returns, that we will rule and reign with him on the earth. I pray that you and your family or whoever you're able to social distance alongside of in close proximity, that today, this Easter Sunday, that you're rejoicing in the goodness of God, in his grace and his mercy that brought salvation from sin through his death and resurrection. But understanding also, there is a need to tremble at God's, to continue to tremble at God's word, to understand that he didn't stop with just a message regarding a, a meek and humble and contrite Savior who would die for the sins of the world, but there's much print, there's much recorded in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament about the return of this Christ. He's coming this time with fire in his eyes, riding a white horse and carrying a sword to bring judgment and justice upon this world because they have rejected uh, the salvation that was provided for them in his first coming. I pray you have a great Easter. I pray that the Lord will bring deliverance to us from this COVID-19 
turmoil, that life will get back to some semblance of normalcy. But in the midst of that, let us not forget the Lord. Let us continue to learn and hear and heed his word and to respect it and to live our lives accordingly. Thank you for listening to the Sunday message. We hope your understanding increased and maybe discovered one or two things you can use to improve your relationship to God and to fellow believers. If you aren't a member of a local church, we invite you to come check out Bible Fellowship Church.